You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we left the high priest in the middle of getting dressed. He's taken off his golden clothes after sacrificing the morning Talmud and he's put on the white garments. And in a minute, just for a minute, before we go off and see what he's going to do in those white garments, we're going to find out a little bit about the origin of the cloth. And I wanted to mention, by the way, Pliny. Pliny has a natural history. Uh, that's uh, I, I just brought you a picture of the title page in a obviously not a not a contemporary manuscript. And in his natural history, he records the place called Pelissium, which is in the Nile Delta. By the way, the Targum sometimes translates Ramses as Pelissium. So it's a known place in the Nile Delta. This place in the Nile Delta was a really fantastic centre for linen. And in fact, even today, you know, Egyptian is a great place. You know, people talk about Egyptian cotton. Egypt is a great place for cloth. But anyway, Pelissium in the Nile Delta, according to Pliny, was who's a, a contemporary, a historian, contemporary with the Mishnah. He recalls this was a f- great place to buy linen. And so the Mishnah records, and we're now in the seventh Mishnah of the third chapter. Bashachar Hayalovesh. Pilusim shall stem asar money. In the morning, he'd wear Pelissian linen worth 12 minas. That's 1200 zuz. Hindavin. Indian linen. Sounds like Indian. Hindavin. Like Hindu. In the evening, Indian linen. Indian linen shall shmunam el zuz worth 800 zuz. According to Rabbi Meir, and the sages say the Chachamim Omrim Bashachar Hayalovesh Shel Shmona Asar Mane. They'd say in the morning he'd wear the worth of eighteen Mane, Uvein Harabim Shel Shnei Asar Mane, and in the evening twelve Mane, Hakol Shloshim Mane. Altogether thirteen Mane. A Mane is a hundred zuz. So what are we talking about here? Well, just to get this into perspective, twelve hundred zuz. So we remember Chadgadia. The goat that father bought. The goat that father bought was two zuz, actually. And rental, there's a reference in Babamatsiya, by the way, to the rental on courtyard for a year. It's just brought by the by as an example, but it's just an interesting fix. must be a, a, a relatively reasonable example. The rental on a courtyard for a year is 40 zuz. And of course, we know it's famous in Kutubot that the the minimum uh, price on a ketubah for a bride is 200 zuz. So that puts into perspective, if you like, the priest's clothes in the afternoon, which are worth 800 zuz, and in the morning, 1200 zuz. Or if you follow the Chachamim, um, 1800 and 1200 zuz. These are really very special clothes. And the Mishnah continues, Eilu Michel Tzibur. These are at the cost of the community. And if he wanted, he could add more of his own. So maybe some of these high priests were rich. And we talked before about the fact that it seemed to be possible to buy the high priesthood. So maybe 
just like you can buy a peerage. So maybe, you know, some of these some of these high priests were well off, but these were fantastic garments, fantastic garments. So what is he going to do? Balo et sel paro. He's going to come to his own bull. And his bull was standing between the ulam is essentially the outer sanctuary. It's between the outer sanctuary and the altar. And its head was facing south, but they would make its face point west. And the priest would stand on the eastern side, but facing west. So both the bull and the priest are facing west. And he presses both his hands on it. So he's pressing from behind the head of the bull. He's standing, if you like, behind the bull's head. And he's pressing down hard on its head. Umit Vader, and he confesses. Really interesting. This is the first time, I think, that we've seen the concept of vidui, of confession, in the Mishnah of in the Mishnah of Yom Kippur. We'll come to it more, of course, in the eighth chapter when we come to the Yom Kippur of today. But this is the first time we've seen it in the temple service. And then, of course, this will be really familiar. The Chachaya Omer, and this he would say. Ana Hashem, aviti, pashati, hatati. Please, O oh Lord, I've done wrong, I've transgressed, I have sinned. That's what he used to say. He'd say this out loud. Lefanecha ani uveti. Before you, I and my house. So this was the first of his confessions. And then he'd go on. Ana Hashem, please, O oh Lord. Kaper na la avonot. Vela pshaim, vela chataim, sheavati. Sorry, she aviti, veshe pashati, veshe chatati, lefanech aniuveti. Forgive the wrongdoings, the transgressions, the sins which I've committed and transgressed before you, I and my house. And now we'll have a hint of this, by the way, in the Pasuk. Kata kakatu beturat moshe avdecha ki vayom hazeh. And I put three dots here because actually the manuscript, the um, Kaufman manuscript, only has those three words, kiva yom hazeh, for on this day. But remember, if you're a reader of the Kaufman manuscript, you're expected to know the whole verse off by heart. In the time of the Mishnah, it was sufficient just to say three words in a verse, and everyone understood the rest of the verse. And that's why I printed the rest of it for you here. Kiva yom hazeh, for on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you of all your sins. You shall be clean before the Lord. That's just the that's the final verse of the 16th chapter of Vayikra, which we began our source sheet with. That's the, if you like, the final point of all this ritual. You shall lifne Hashem titharu. You shall be clean before the Lord. And there are people, clearly people are listening to him out in the courtyard because the Mishnah continues. They answer after him, blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. And this is the sense, and we recognize here, of course, the, um, the ceremony which is described in the Musaf of Yom Kippur. We, 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 we remember this ceremony every single year um, at the end of Musaf.
What happens next? Balo the Mizrach Azarah. He then goes to the east of the temple courtyard. Litzfon Hamizbeach to the north of the altar. So he's going northeast. And there are two dignitaries, one on each side of him. Again, it feels, you know, it, this just resonates with our our ceremony on Kol Nidre, with the the um, the the Chazan um, standing in the middle, and the two elders of the congregation, one on each side, each holding a sefer to write. Just like that. The deputy high priest on his right. And the head of the family at his left. So the priests were divided, the Kohanim were divided up into four, into 24 divisions. So they take, each division would take turns, basically for two weeks each to come to Jerusalem to perform the temple service. And every day, a particular family from that division would serve. So this is the, the head of that day's family. Whatever family was privileged to serve on that day, the head of that family would stand on his left. So he's in the middle. His deputy on his right, the head of the family on his left. Visham Shnei Seirim. And there, there were the two goats. These are the famous two goats. The Kalpi Haitasham. And there was a something called a Kalpi, which Safari translates as urn. We'll see in a minute how Rambam translates it. The Kalpi Haitasham, there was this urn there. Uvashne Goralot. And in the urn were two lots. Shell Shell Eshkaroahayu. They were made of Eshkaroah. That seems to be box wood. Eshkaroahayu. Ve Asan Ben Gamla Shell Zahav. And Ben Gamala actually made Ben Gamla actually made them out of gold. So the box wood lots were eventually made out of gold. And they'd mention his name in praise. What is this boxwood stuff? Well, I brought you a picture of box, just downloaded from Wikipedia, but box is an incredibly slow-growing tree that creates an incredibly hard wood. I mean, they used to make flutes and musical instruments out of it. It's ideal for cabinet making, apparently, or digging sticks from the Neanderthals, mallet heads, tool handles. And I, 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 why am I bringing you this picture of box? Because the Rambam says, look at the Rambam. He begins with a kalpi, a kalpi who cleates halal. It's a vessel made of hollowed out wood. Okay, that seems to fit with the urn. And then he goes on to say, Eshkaroa, that's the word for box. Korin Ultoba Aravi, box. Um, Eshkaroa is called box in Arabic. This seems to be box. Vehu Bilshon, Ivri Brosh, and it's Brosh in Hebrew. And Wikipedia actually reminds us that a, the word that we use today, box, a box today means a container, was originally a receptacle made of box wood. So it seems like you know, the kind of box that we use for carving boxes today was the kind of wood that they would use to carve out these two lots. So these they, they had these two wooden lots. 
carved out of some incredibly hard, durable wood until Ben Gamla made, of gold, made them of gold, remade them of gold. And of course, then they would mention his name in praise. And the next couple of Mishnayot just then refer to different things that people made. So we'll carry on talking about what they made. And then at the beginning of the next chapter, we get back into the question of, you know, what we're going to do with these, these two lots and the goats. We're gradually working through the, um, the order of Yom Kippur on a timeline. But yes, we are making a diversion. The people seem to be important, right? We are meant as we go through this, we're mentioning all the important people. Maybe that's uh, t- t- as we get on to tomorrow's mission, we'll mention some of them for praise and some of them for not for praise. But maybe that's a lesson here that the it's not just the ritual which is important that the people are important to. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.